Spirit Radio Podcasts. Something that seems to be more and more common, uh, people having particular food requirements or intolerances. You know, you hear people all the time saying that they need gluten-free stuff uh, or maybe someone who can suffer some symptoms like bloating or indigestion after eating certain types of wheat. Dairy seems to be a big problem for a lot of people as well. Well, have you considered that it might be a food intolerance, some of these reactions? On the line to tell us more, Reeve Martin Healy, founder and director of the Fitzwilliam Food Test. Morning, Martin. How are you? Oh, good morning, Wendy. Good, thank you. Well, let's start off with by just explaining the difference between a food allergy and a food intolerance. Yes, well, a food allergy is the very obvious reaction where someone reacts quite violently. Normally, the triggers are something like a peanut allergy where you know, it can make the tongue swell or the lips swell or a, a shellfish allergy where people, you know, you end up rushing to the bathroom, you know, two to three minutes after eating the offending food. And that is the obvious definition uh, of allergy. It's immediate. It's obvious. It's clear to everybody. You're having some reaction against the food. Now, thankfully, only a very small number of people have allergy problems. But what we're discovering and we're finding all over the last 20-odd years is that, look, significant numbers of people have intolerance reactions to food. And the main difference, Wendy, is that it's not obvious. It's very slow reacting. Most likely, if you're having uh, some intolerance reaction today, it's something you've eaten yesterday. So, hence, it's very hard to track those foods. And because of this slow burn, insidious nature, the vast majority of people who suffer with look, indigestion, irritable bowel, reflux, uh, bowel problem, constipation, etc., they don't realize it's just particular foods that they're not digesting properly. In terms of um, then finding that out, Martin, because I remember a few years ago, I, I did a food intolerance test and so many things came up as having to avoid everything from peas uh, to, the, to the ones you'd expect more to dairy. But I, I was literally allowed to eat nothing. It was really, really difficult. And then I had to slowly intru- introduce the foods and all that sort of stuff. Um, what is the best way to go about figuring out what is causing the problem? Well, because it it is so hard to track down these culprits and because, look, there can be a lot of culprit foods involved without some kind of a a test. And that's what what I'm I'm talking about this morning, this this test, which was developed over 20 years ago and it has been modified and upgraded since. So this new blood test helps us to track uh, these problematic foods. So then it helps us to guide the elimination diet. And the elimination diet is regarded as the gold standard, which means you remove the culprit food for a length of time. But without something to guide this elimination diet, you're, you're, you're working blind. So these tests, they pick up markers, uh, and all of the scientific publications and evidence now supports the view that this test is the best way to go and start that elimination process. And just like in your own case, Wendy, if you ignore this, what happens is it continues to escalate. Inflammation is the hallmark of food intolerance. So you continue to eat this food and it continues to inflame and irritate the whole digestive tract. And so you may have started off with just one or two problem foods because like most people, you didn't realize that so you ignored, you kept on eating these offending foods. So the problem escalates, your digestion becomes more inflamed, and then you start to become sensitive to more and more and more foods. 
Um, and because the tests are now so sensitive, Wendy, the good thing is it grades your level of reaction to each particular food. So most often we just pull the highest scoring food. So if you came back with, say, 10 problem foods on your test report and three of them were scoring extremely high, we would often begin just removing those three or four really high offenders. And in many cases, that's enough to settle, to dampen the whole uh, inflammatory response. And if you do that, Martin, so you, you start off with the foods that are, are kind of a real problem and you're kind of phasing them out, can you grow out of your food intolerances? The reality is you never really grow out of it. We're born with this uh, and we will always have it. Uh, what often happens is the child, often mums recognise that the child has colic problems, a little bit of eczema problems as, as a little baby. The, the young child appears to grow out of it if they get to four, five, and six, and it seems to disappear. Then very often, this eczema reappears again when the child is 17, 18, perhaps doing his or her leaving cert under a degree of stress. So it comes to the fore again. But what's happened is this sensitivity has been underlying all the time. It's just as, as the child gets older, the child's immune system gets stronger, and it can fight it off better. So if you have, let's say, a dairy or a gluten intolerance, you will always have it. But in times of stress, it will come more to the fore or times when you've got like a really bad, heavy cold going on. Um, but in, in fact, this thing always stays with us. So that's why many people, you know, when they're very busy in their lives and under a lot of stress, they're often much more careful if they know their trigger foods. And then very often when they're on holidays and relaxed more, they can indulge a little bit more. But it's all about knowing your triggers and knowing how sensitive you are to these triggers. So, yeah, it's really just being kind of aware of it and over time in terms of... Um I think I have a feeling what you might say, Martin, but uh, say, for example, someone uh, comes back with dairy being a huge issue, right? And uh, they love their cheese and all that sort of stuff. Is there a cure for food intolerance or is it just a case of you just got to cut it out? Well, the beauty of it, we can, a lot of people, you know, because we can now test for goat cheese and for feta cheese and for, you know, mozzarella, which is buffalo cheese. Um, And we now know that People who are who are dairy sensitive who can't eat your standard cheddars, they do much better on uh, mozzarella, buffalo cheese, or, or, or feta cheese because they are just easier to digest. So a lot of people, you know, use the test just to define specifically: is it just the cow's cheese they're reacting against, uh, and will their system work much much better uh, on goats or feta cheese? I know. Look, personally, I am quite dairy sensitive. So look, for the last number of years, I only ever eat goat and, and feta cheese. Uh, my stomach, my gut, my digestive system works so much better uh, if, I, if I avoid it. Um, and this is how people use this information. It's the same if, it, if people have wheat. Wheat intolerance is so, so common. It so causes all these bloating and really disturbing digestive problems. But significant numbers of people are now moving to spelt bread uh, because spelt is much easier to digest. It's much, much better than these wheat-free breads. But again, not everybody can tolerate spelt bread. 
so the test will tell us. Um, and a lot of people use this. It's, it's no great hardship because you can get spells. Look in all the standard Tesco Duns supermarkets now. Personally, I love feta cheese and goat cheese. Uh, and my digestive system works perfectly. I don't have all these uh, ongoing digestive, you know, constipation, bowel, bloating type problems. Uh, and everything w- works much, much better. I mean, we certainly feel that, look... Now, you wouldn't put diesel into your petrol engine. You're going to wreck the engine. It's just not designed for it. And the reality is for a lot of people, their digestive system is just not designed for wheat or it's not de- designed for gluten or it's not designed for dairy. And it would be really worth their while to find out for once and for all, would they make you know a better choice by moving on to spelt or to, uh, or to soya or whatever the case may be. Okay, and then in in terms of um, I suppose the best way of moving forward, then Martin, I, I and and knowing like you've given examples there of feta cheese and goat cheese, I heard it said actually once, but correct me now if I'm totally wrong, uh, that if you have a problem with dairy, that you can actually drink you know the pink milk because there's a lot less fat in it, and that's what causes the problems a lot of the time. That's correct. Uh, correct when you like. Most people believe that it's the lactose within the milk that is the main trigger. Uh, no, the lactose is a big trigger for the children, uh, and for certain, many of, the, many of the children, not all, but many do better on, on lactose-free milk. But once we get to our teenage years, we seem to be able to cope with the lactose much better, whereas the fat is the trigger. Now, this is something we learned really by trial and error over the many, many, many years, because people were repeatedly coming in and saying, look, Martin, I had the worst reaction when I had you know, a 99 cone, I put a big dollop of cream on my apple pie, my asthma flared or my eczema flared. So this common denominator, the the more the fat content, the worse the reaction. So we started trialing people on skimmed milk. In theory, Wendy, it should not work. But in practice, it does if you don't overdo it. It's really useful for when you're traveling or when you're on holidays because sometimes it's hard to get almond milk and soya milk if you're on the continent and traveling and in hotels where skimmed milk is freely available. Um, so you're quite right, Wendy. The fat for adults seems to be far more the important trigger uh, than, the, than the lactose. So for somebody listening, Martin, at the moment, who's kind of thinking, hmm, maybe I'm ticking some of these boxes, is the simple thing for them to just get a food test and go from there? Well, I think it is. You only need to do this once in your life, Wendy, because as I said at the beginning, it never really changes. It never really goes away. Uh, So you're always going to have this issue. Uh, So rather than trying to decide, does goat work for me or does it not? Or does dairy work for me? Because also remember, if you have a dairy intolerance and significant number of ladies in particular have dairy intolerance, that means you're not absorbing the calcium from your, all your milk and your cheese, which is why there's such a problem with osteoporosis in this country. Look, it's an incredible feat that we're a dairy country. We're all eating cheese and yogurt. But a significant number of ladies, when they hit their 50s, they end up with osteopenia, uh, developing into full-blown osteoporosis. How could that be? The reality is because so many people are dairy intolerant. Now, if these people had discovered that they, that goat or feta or something would work much better, they could save themselves all of that problem. Uh, and the same with people who have this ongoing gut 
bloating, irritable bowel problems. If they found it as a gluten issue, they could just move to gluten-free products or move on to the spelt bread uh, or avoid beef or whatever the case. Egg is another big trigger, Wendy, for fabulous food, though it is. But it is a major trigger for some people. Uh, and without something like this test, uh, it is really impossible to track this down. Uh, and so that's what we're saying. And I think, look, everybody who's, in particular, who suffers with stomach digestive irritable bowel, bloating, constipation, reflux type of problems, should consider is it a food sensitivity? And if, it is, if they feel it might be, well, let's just go and run this test, do it once. Do it properly uh, and find out look, what foods suit their digestion better. Very interesting indeed, Martin. Thanks so much for joining us on the programme today to tell us a little bit more about food intolerance. That is Martin Healy, the founder and director of the Fitzwilliam Food Test. And if you want to find out more, you can go to their website, which is fitzwilliamfoodtest.com. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.